James Simons from PC Locks and Lock in Charge and Tech Den. Welcome. Thank you very much. Can you give us a little introduction on who you are? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you, you've made it sound longer than it really <laughs> is. Uh, three companies. Um, I would say we are three brands. Um, effectively, really just two brands. So uh, PC Locks is a company started by my dad, Paul, with a friend of his, Craig. And um, this was back in 1997, 98. Uh, my dad was a school teacher, a a high school school teacher in Balladura actually and and noticed an increase in theft of school computers uh, from the classroom and at that time it was extremely prevalent in fact around 40 desktop computers per day were being stolen what? from the Perth CBD it was <laughs> oh, wow. a crazy number and um, so uh, I think at, at one stage he was helping the school roll out some new computers and they're putting them up against desks and being the practical person that he is, was just saying, you know, what, what are we doing putting computers right next to these windows? We just may as well, you know... <laughs> put a them, sign, yeah. Yeah, put a sign, give them the, just give them the key to the front door. It's less mess. I mean, and that was a big problem was not just the computers being stolen. It's the, the police reports that, that had to be done. It was the new windows that had to be bought, the cleaners that had to come in. It was just a huge inconvenience and, and just a horrible thing that was going on. So he just... Uh, being a problem solver just said maybe I could solve this problem went back to his shed and he designed this locking device that locked the computer to the yep. desk uh, has he still got the original kind of prototypes and products that he created yeah from? I think there would be some of those around in fact yes I can guarantee you there would be boxes <laughs> uh, with some of those still in there um, I mean, to this day, there is still, you know, we branched that off as a, a separate brand within PC Locks later on called Lock It Down. Um, and that was just focused on the locks because that's what we did originally. We've obviously evolved since then. And so, yeah, Lock It Down still uh, is existing today and oh, doing okay. work at schools yep. and universities, predominantly around Perth. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it, it, it then grew to something where he got a lot of attention from the principal at his school and other principals that saw this was actually working. It was, it was a steel cable bolted into the back of a, a computer and a hole through a desk with a lock underneath and it, it literally stopped computers being stolen. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. You know, we always said anyone with the right tools and the right amount of time and determination could take yeah, whatever they want, yeah. right? It's a deterrent. But uh, it, it worked very, very well and very effective. And so I saw the potential in it. Dad started working with a friend of his who was living with us at the time. He was a flying fly-out geologist. And oh, wow. he would stay with us when he wasn't uh, up on the mines. And he saw the potential with it. And him and Dad started the partnership. Uh, yep. That became... So the PC locks is a play on word. it's words. It's also Paul and Craig. Uh-huh. And, okay. and that's how that started. And so uh, that evolved. Uh, it just continued. Dad would... would uh, continue to make these locks for from his, his school. from his house like, all was from he... the backyard shed. wow okay yeah i mean i would have friends from <laughs> high school that i went to that would come and you know would sit out the back back uh back porch and we would be making these locks with dad <laughs> and he'd be <laughs> i think that's us. called child labor yeah, isn't I th- it yeah. I, th- yeah, I think we got like 20 cents a lock so no it was it was piecemeal my dad was all about piecemeal at the time yeah, like yeah. uh so it was a, a good way to do it, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I took it more seriously soon after they had begun because I could really see the potential and I enjoyed sales. So I said to Dad and Craig, look, um, I'm, I'm happy to run sales for you. I know you haven't got a lot of money. I'm happy to work on commission predominantly. And 
but this was really starting to get traction and the more i was out there just knocking on school doors it was it wasn't me personally anyone could have just been getting out there getting in front of people yep. and showing them the product and people could really see the value in it because there was such a need for it at the time what were you doing at the time what was your Ooh. were you, were you start, well, how old were you at this yeah at this stage? well so what happened 98 was i finished school in 97 98 i was working uh, in the backyard i was long. working in the backyard <laughs> yes i definitely was uh I actually took a break and went to, I didn't know what I wanted to do with, it, with my life. And, and I'd finished high school and I thought, well, I'll apply for teaching because my dad was okay. a teacher and my mum was a teacher and my sister was a teacher. And, oh, wow. Okay. And my dad's like, yeah, you're not going to apply for teaching. He's like, you would not. <laughs> he, could, he could tell this is not what I would want to do or that I'd be suited to it. So I had a friend living in North Queensland. He said, he bought me a one-way ticket. Just said, just get out, live, travel, Excellent. Yeah. get to know the world. And then maybe you might get an idea of what you like and you enjoy. And so I was working in hospitality and doing customer service and that sort of stuff. And, and I really resonated with yep. that because I love people, people and yeah. I love, yep. uh, I, I suppose just, um, you know, I, I didn't like school at all. So <laughs> it was really nice doing something different. Did and you do well at school though? Did were you? Yeah, you... I was, I think um, my strong point was math. You know, okay. I was just, I was, I was, just naturally I found that very easy I uh, enjoyed actually accounting I did in year 11 and 12 and I even did it like a summer school um, totally sounds like nerd camp uh, but it was it was this summer school where you actually had to um, run a company you got divided up into groups huh. of 10 people and there were seven companies wow. and funny enough the so this is WA based they don't run it anymore but it was done Why in not? Perth it was a fantastic I <laughs> know oh it was a fantastic program um, because it, I was 16 and you, we got broken up into groups of 10 and there was there were seven of us and so seven of us were running these seven virtual companies and uh, what we had to do was that you, you would all sit around and you had to then uh, vote on some positions in the company and they said well we've got to have a CEO and I had never heard the word CEO I didn't know what, <laughs> what it meant what does it mean yeah and they go well it's the boss and I'm like oh cool I kind of <laughs> like that idea anyway within we didn't know anyone didn't know anyone it was like I was the only one from my high school the rest were other high schools from around Perth and within a couple of minutes people had said oh you know James should be the CEO wow. I, I think I'm just the loudest and I yeah, think yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of the time that's yep. usually how it, how it works um, <laughs> but uh, I, I got voted in to be the CEO and, and actually meant that the next week wasn't as fun as I would have uh, thought because I was responsible. It was all, it was all on your shoulders. It was all yeah. on me. But I also learned very quickly how to delegate uh, wow. because I was by far the dumbest person at the table. And and they were asking us to simulate the running of this this online company. I mean, the internet would just, it was just starting so was then. 90, like, yeah, for us, it was, yeah. we still had dial-up and yeah, no you know, mobile phones no <laughs> mobile phones no distraction i did actually have like just the you know the nokia 3810 or whatever those <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but i didn't even know how to do a text message back yeah. then um so so we had five modules we had to run this simulated company uh, i had no idea how to do that but there was two guys on there that knew exactly how to do it so i was just checking and tapping them on the shoulder it's a good job yep uh, yep wow, that, that okay. looks good to me <laughs> no people skills yeah <laughs> <laughs> then there was uh, you had to make an ad and I put my hand up for that so I thought okay we'll design a product and I was on the team where we designed a product and it was a drink and it was yep. called Wings I still remember it and Wings. it was kind of like you know what it was really interesting because this was before Red Bull was popular yep. and so we developed a drink called Wings 
and we we filmed this ad where the camera came down a trick photography right so the cameraman would come over to each of these groups during the week and say i'm here to film your ad you just direct it and tell me oh, what wow. to do and so i said all right i'm gonna have a i'm gonna ha- i want you to put the, the the camera close on my face i'm gonna have a swig of this drink which i'd wrapped a can with a piece of paper and done a logo of these wings on there and i said then i want you to the camera to pan down my body to my feet and so as it came down and you saw my feet on the ground i then grabbed the staircase above me and pulled myself up you know and i i levitated and it was like two years later or a year and a half later my mum sends me this ad for red bull red bull gives you wings and it just started coming out on tv and she goes i think they ripped you off and i'm like yeah i think nah that's probably not what it was so but- yeah maybe this whole <laughs> business setup was purely to get ideas maybe red right. bull were infiltrating yeah, that's right <laughs> maybe they were the sponsors so uh, actually we did have as much coke as we wanted to drink for the whole week coke was a sponsor coca-cola okay yeah, yeah. so oh sorry <laughs> The soft drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, that was, that for me uh, was definitely um, a start. And so the winner... It sounds like that really sparked something in you. It like, totally did. It, and I mean, it, it could have mean you could have ended up being the accountant for that firm or, or another... Do you right, think that would have exactly. changed your trajectory? Um, I mean, yeah. is there a possibility? You know, I think... Um, there is, but I just know I could never be an accountant, yeah. right? I, I so you're quite I just, self-aware of what your strengths yeah, were. Yeah, and, and I think everyone at the group was too. I think okay. we all kind of gravitated to what we felt that, comfortable yeah. doing. We had these five tasks. We said, okay, who's going to do what? Who likes what? Um, and I'm going back a bit trying to remember. This is 20 years ago. Yep. Um, so, uh, but I remember I really enjoyed that camp. And, um, and then the final day, everyone's parents came and you had to present your company you had to present the product yeah um and and the room was full of people and you got graded on all five of these tasks the winning team out of these seven groups got to go to the national competition in melbourne 12 months later uh-huh. and we won so <laughs> this group then went again 12 months later over to uh this australian company now we'd all Gone through and you had to year. use the same product, so you no. had to. Oh, okay, so it was a fresh, totally fresh start. Different. Okay. And, and this was start again, a whole different uh, subset of activities we had to do. Same positions in the company? I, everyone maintained the same position in the company, so I had to stay CEO. But it was the biggest fail ever, oh. right? We flunked. We came like totally last. The person who oh, had no. put their hand up to do the presentation pulled out two minutes Ooh. before the presentation. So I had to get up there and just wing well, it. CEO, it's on you. Right, it's it was on, on, on me. Show. Like anyone else, no one put up their hand. Step so, up, yeah. And I remember presenting and saying stuff about this thing that I had no idea what I was even talking about. Again, so the <laughs> year before I learned the word uh, CEO, this year I learned the word uh, diversification. So what we had to do is they said the challenge was you're a company that has been doing, I can't even remember what it was. It might've been, um, sports shoes, I think might've been the product for 20 years, times are changing. You've got to diversify. And I, I'd never even heard that word. So it was, okay, how do we, you know, how do we evolve? How do we change the times? How do we build something close to our core that makes sense that ties in yep. and i remember we built like you know we designed a range of sports bags and drinks yep. and bottles and that sort of stuff but 
our idea sucked compared to the others. I mean, there were some really clever people around. And um, so that's what we did. And, and I think, yeah, we just lost on every yeah. level. And it was interesting because whether it was that age where I had just finished year 12 and a lot of the other group was just finishing year 11. Oh, okay. Um, so it was a, a group of 16 and 17-year-olds. The year before, it was a group of 15 and 16-year-olds. There was such a dynamic there's a big shift. I mean, big boys shift. are that age. There's a big and shift in girls. Yeah. In yep. fact, it was almost like the next year round. It's like, like, why would I want to do this? Like, <laughs> it, it was like they didn't even want to be there. It wasn't wow, as cool. Okay. They probably yep. worked out it was nerd camp. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but there was, and I think the whole maybe the boyfriend girlfriend thing was wow, more important okay. than people talking about who they were going to, you know, sneak out and see that <laughs> night. Like, I don't know what it was, but it was something shifted and even in myself i don't think i had the energy or the drive or the passion to or the cr- wings oh I, you know what i just didn't have the wings <laughs> i had i had i bought some of that with me um and coca-cola wasn't a sponsor the second year so maybe that was it too yeah, we just yeah, didn't yeah. have the sugar in our blood um so that's yeah we that's that was your first taste really interesting I, and i completely forgot about that um, what about when you were younger, were you any of the, were you a lemonade stand guy, or were you trying to hustle when you were? No, but my dad was always along the lines of creative ways thinking that we can about make things. Money. Absolutely. Yeah, wow. So he let us. He was a. I remember he's been a teacher most of my life, if not like a, a Baptist pastor. Yep. And um, he, I remember he was working at Cleveland High School in in Brisbane. We were living in a place called Redland Bay, just south of Brisbane, and. He would go, he would take a cake that we would bake to the staff room and sell it for us at 20 cents a piece. So because the staff, they come in for morning tea and lunch and there's a fresh baked chocolate cake and it's cut into, you know, 12 (laughs) slices, whatever it was, and it was 20 cents a slice. And he would come back with his bag full of coins. But I think I was too lazy back then because I knew that he's like, you know, they'll buy, they'll, they'll eat a whole cake every day if I bring one in. You guys are just... And I remember my sisters would do it sometimes and I'd do it sometimes. But, yeah, we probably could have done it a whole lot more. I just don't think I was there's motivated. There's a whole was, business sitting I wasn't there. Really, I was never motivated by money, right? It yeah, was just, okay. Uh, yep. I think it was just, I think I was motivated by something that I could create and be part of that yep. that had an exciting result yep. or an exciting finish, yep. which you feel pretty good that you go on you know, something like that cake and, and it, it comes back and you go, wow, people enjoyed what I created or people really enjoyed something that I was responsible for doing and and you can tell the result of that is money and a lot of the time i think for me the money is a sign of we're doing something well yeah right so it's, yep. a it's sign. not the opposite yeah it's it's um it's confirmation that things are working sometimes yep. so when you see that you do a great year or you do a great month financially the exciting thing about that is we keep breaking it down to all it's not how many dollars how many how many widgets how many things did we sell how many opportunities did we get into how many new customers did we acquire it actually all does come down at the end of the day to money is the money is the uh the measuring stick a lot of the time not all the time yep but ultimately to know whether your idea is, is successful either in the short middle long term at some point uh in the commercial world anyway um 
the money is going to be a reflection of that success yep. um, at that time. And so, did you feel that when you were starting out with the business as well? So when you first took over the business, or not, you didn't take over, you partnered with your dad initially. So, no, actually, so yeah, we'll go back to uh, Paul and Craig were, da- Craig was really running the business. Okay. Um, and so it was easier for me to work for Craig than my dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. And, um, Family dynamics. Right, yeah. exactly. Dad would build the products, I would sell them. You know, we had a, a, a kind of... A, good thing going from that but then we had more people come in more people come with help with finance it's great that you guys were um, really aware of your roles in the business like your dad knew what he was he was self-aware enough to know he's, he was the inventor uh, do you think or and you were the sales guy and craig was the business guy uh that, <laughs> that <laughs> yes um i i definitely think he's more self-aware now okay. on that. and but i think i'm more self-aware now yep. too because i was young and stupid and Pretty much thought I knew everything as well as I went. Um, yep. And uh, But I think you would see that dad would shine when he was doing what he was really yep. good at, yep. getting in the product. It, I mean, it would. he was so about the detail of the product and the user experience. Yep. Um, he would see a, he would see something that's not right on a product and until it was right, it would break his heart. It would, he, oh, wow. He, okay. he would... He took it so personally when he would see something just wasn't quite finished. It would eat him alive. Yeah. He would lose you, sleep over it until he ch- changed the design for that. Yeah. Work. Do you think that was an issue in the end? Do you think that actually halted some progress at certain stages, not getting stuff quick enough to market or not testing it out quick enough to market? Do you think there was... Uh, there's definitely... Or, look, we can look back over the last 20 years and there's a lot of stuff that just wasn't tested yep. well enough. But you don't okay. know that until you, you realise, oh, we just had these problems. Well, we didn't test it well enough. And you... It, people will say, you make sure you really thoroughly test your product. Well, yes, but you can only learn that by understand. Like, in theory, that makes sense. But yep. you think, oh, yeah, I know what you're saying, but I think it looks good to me. We're just going to go and do it. And then you go, oh, hang on, that failed. Or that didn't work the way it was designed to do. Next time, we really have to be more thoughtful around that. Yep. And so from day one, we had zero processes to yep. now we have the most thorough processes and procedures that we try and execute as quickly yep. as possible without delay, but at the same time, don't compromise. Yep. But that doesn't happen overnight. And and, and theory is not going to teach you that. Yep. It is only it yep. is only getting out there and doing it. Yep. And knowing what doesn't work shapes what does. Yep. Um, yep. So I think with dad... I don't think it ever was too much of an impediment for him. But I think as we got bigger, I think those smaller things may have held back um, progress for him personally. Yep. So yep. so I would say sometimes I would have to say to Dad, look, that is important. I see what you're saying. But we've got the... The fact that may not be that way, according to you, it doesn't matter in the big scheme of things. Like we've got to produce these on mass, and we've got to produce them far cheaper than what we're doing because schools can't afford that yep. or whatever. It's yeah. like yep. Dad used to build the most stunning products with literally Jarrah trims, and he would go <laughs> to uh, yeah. these these mills, and he would have a friend of his um, sand and polish these strips of Jarrah. They look stunning. That was stuck on this uh, onto the metal, and that it would be that final touch and that flair that really looked amazing but as as we got bigger and technology got cheaper the products to support the technology the budget wasn't there for it and so unfortunately some of those things had to go and that i think for dad he probably felt that oh we you know we're cutting corners or we're not we're not living up to the standard that we used to have the quality never suffered yeah but it was more that you know maybe a, a wooden trim that is 
eight dollars a strip and we've got three of them <laughs> yeah. uh, on there yeah. for nothing but aesthetic purposes only yeah. you've got to have a multiple on yep. top of your costs to be able to sustain your business and yep. ultimately the school's paying for that and they haven't yeah. got the money to do yeah. it um so you know coming back to where we were in 2001 uh there was we could see that there was a shift in the market and well a shift starting and we we could see in the united states particularly they were trialing laptops in education yep and there was no way that we were going to be able to if we we could see that desktops were um, attractive to thieves you can imagine you know (laughs) what we're going to do with laptops and uh and at that time they were a very high value unit especially compared to a desktop were there many schools using laptops at the time or very very few and so as we heard that they're building these cows as they call them it was an acronym (laughs) cow computers on wheels um in the u.s uh, we could we could see that there were some schools in Australia trialing laptop programs, yep. but where were they going to store them, charge them, secure them? Yep. And the whole idea was then to have a mobile computer lab, not to have desktop computer labs. Yep. Uh, I mean, think of the real estate shortage that we have in schools and the amount of classrooms that were being taken up with these big heavy machines that were only getting used 30% of the time for computing lessons, right? There were, it was a separate lesson to go and yep. learn computing. Uh, it's very different the way we interact yeah. with technology today. So uh, at that time, uh, yeah, there was someone that my dad was speaking to that uh, had, had seen how it was being done in the US and, um, so, and encouraged dad to do the same for a school here. And so he developed a laptop trolley, a charging trolley or in yep. America, they're called carts. And um, this would hold a class set. Well, the first one he did was a 20-unit laptop trolley, and it was called the iRoller. Again, a very elaborate um, <laughs> uh, product. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this thing sold for $5,000. It was made locally. It was some really nice tubular steel, beautifully powder-coated, a toughened glass top on it. Wow. Um, rugged as anything. And um, it was a really popular selling product. What was, um, was there competition around at the time? Or was this sort of one of the first ones in... in a... uh, nearly absolutely nothing. Wow. Uh, okay. Absolutely nothing. And uh, so at that time, we were really developing them for some schools here in Perth and then over east started hearing about them. Mm. And so at that time is when I really became more serious with the company. It, yep. was, it was actually around that time that I said I could do this full time. Okay. Uh, as I was, I was talking about earlier. I mean, and, how, many unit, was, how many units would have sold by then? I mean, uh, how, very, very few. I mean, okay. uh, you know, probably 20 or 30 oh, of these yeah. trolleys. Yeah. So uh, we were really, we could see the potential for it, but the lockdowns were very popular at the same time. So we yep. kind so of that had was these, still going. That oh, was yeah, still pumping. Yeah, that yep. was still our bread and butter. Yep. Yep. And in fact, you know, there wasn't always agreement. Uh, between dad and Craig, whether this was even a really good idea that we go into the, that we keep making laptop trolleys. Maybe we should just stick with what we're good at, you know, wow. the, the desktop computer locks. So, and do you think you were integral in, in pushing it, keeping that momentum with the trolleys going? Well, I'd, uh, whether I was integral or not, I could just see this is where things were going. Yep. Like I yep. could see without a shadow of a doubt, this made more sense because the price of laptops was starting to come down. Yep. This real estate thing was the biggest issue. And it made so much more sense to bring lab, mobile labs to kids' classes. They're not having to move across the, the school and cause disruption. Yep. You're freeing up classrooms now to be used for other things. I mean, you could add extra streams of students. I mean, some schools had 10 classrooms dedicated to computers. So 
it made so much sense and we could see that going. But I also appreciate from, say, where maybe what Craig's perspective was at the time is that um, this was a big cash drain, right? There was uh, a lot of yep. risk in inventory yep. and cash. Yep. And they had been building these computer locks, which were really a high margin, low cost product with a decent <laughs> price tag on them because yeah. it had yep. such a high value to the customer. Okay. So uh, it, it wasn't a black and white issue, but I think come around 2005, uh, Craig and dad probably wanted to see the company go in different directions and different okay. things for it. And so dad bought out Craig. Yep. And um, at the end of that year, end of 2005, start of 2006, I became the general manager and took over. The issue with that was that um, I didn't find it extremely easy to work with my dad. And he probably didn't find it very easy to work with me a lot of the time as well. Uh, so we we're very different personalities. Okay. And um, having two cooks in the kitchen was Was this only work. manifesting itself in a work environment? This obviously wasn't... A, a, almost or, or, I mean, I was married. I was out of home at the yeah. time. So yes, it was <laughs> yeah. really just that a work environment. Yeah. Um, we just saw things very, very differently. And we complement each other a lot as well, which is usually how it works. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I remember one time my dad designed this, this product, which... He was telling me about it and I just couldn't get it. And I'm like, Dad, I don't even know. I don't know if I like this idea. He's, no, 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 you trust me. I'll, I'll, I'll draw it out for you. And he drew the product and showed me his drawings. I'm like, yeah, I'm still not getting it. I just don't not I think you're wasting it. your time. Yeah, not yeah. feeling it. Anyway, he works on it for months and months. He gets this prototype built and he takes it even brings me over to his house and he's got a bed sheet over it and he pulls it away and voila. And I look at this thing and I'm like, oh, dad, this is amazing. I could sell a ton of these. And he's like, oh, I'm done. I'm totally over this. I'm just spent. Like he oh, wanted, no. at that point, he wanted no more to do with it at that point. And, and I, I, that's when I actually started a level of enthusiasm to go, man, I could just, I could do so much with this. And so you could, that was just so complimentary. I think those, yeah, the, the, okay. the way I thought you were actually being us. sarcastic there. No. So you actually saw this product and went, that's no, it. this I, is it. Absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 I had no belief in it up until the time I saw it and I could feel and see and touch it. I'm going, this is brilliant. This is really good. And so it just shows how differently we're wired. And as complimentary as that of is, course, yeah. when you're trying to run a business together, that you need your, being op- you need so your opposites, don't we you? We do, mean, but yeah. being having that polar opposites made getting alignment on the commercial side of the business to be very difficult. Yeah. And yep. so... What about uh, an overriding vision? Was that keeping you going? Because, I mean, the, the sort of vision for the business was to protect and to to help schools. That was consistent the whole yep. way through. So that but was probably uh, keeping everything together, like that sort of one vision. Absolutely. For, yep. But how to run a company, how, yep. To, yep. how to have... You know, staff and yeah, <laughs> yeah like yeah. my dad couldn't stand meetings. If he walked by a room and saw people having wow. a meeting, like to him, it's like, why aren't you working? You oh, know, wow, like okay. it, he couldn't. And, yeah. and I see where he's coming yeah, from, yeah. but yep. there's a lot of people that just meet with each other and get nothing done. And I appreciate that, but but the planning and the the strategic thinking that goes behind what we're doing and and uh, I think the 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 conversations that need to occur with one another. Uh, have to happen but so does the execution and I think in his experience maybe there's a lot more talk than action and, and yes, that was probably yep. frustrating for him yep, I think yep. he he perceived success or um, hard work as physically seeing yep. tangible happen. things yep. happening yep. and so we were really I got very frustrated that he couldn't see that I think he got frustrated that he wasn't seeing the progress he had in his mind yeah, okay. of what we both so we were both right and I think we we're both wrong a lot of the time and 
So when I did take over, I did it on the condition we have a board of directors. And uh, really what they were were mediators between my dad and I for the next five years. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. people that worked with us during that time will attest to, there were some pretty heated moments. Okay. Yeah. Um, and even more so actually before I took over, um, but even when Craig was there, we still, we really um, had a lot of conflict just because we, we saw things very, very differently. And I look back and I just, I just look at how young I was thinking I knew <laughs> so much yep. when I had very little experience, yep. um, very little reason to think that I knew. But uh, yeah, I, I could see that I would have been a very difficult person to work with as well. So it was a huge growing experience for both of yeah. us. And yep. I wouldn't recommend too many people <laughs> who had a dynamic like my dad and I had to go into business with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, family dynamics, you hear a whole lot about I'm sure families quite a lot apart. of horror stories. Yeah, 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 you know, and, and but we Do you think had, it was ever close to... to oh, like yeah, a, there's several times that I was like, that's uh, I'm, I'm looking for another job. The second I get one, yeah. I'm out of here. And, wow. and we had... How did um, you fight through that? Do you remember your... your yeah, I, I, we had two people uh, that I think were central to that. David Shawcross and Peter Jackson were two, two lovely men that were on our board from the very soon after um, uh, Craig left and I took over. And these guys were so patient. They were so, <laughs> um, again, gracious and wise and insightful just to be able to hear both of our perspective yep. to really get in and speak very honestly to both of us. Wow. Okay. Um, and I think that uh, helped immensely. I don't think we would have got through. Survived, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Without them. No, they were the voice of reason. They were, they were a safety net for me. They were uh, accountability for me to say, pull your head in James. Yep. You actually, you don't know everything you, you know, <laughs> so, and times I'd be so convinced I was right. They would just actually, you know, here's, here's how it, is how it's transpiring and that's not right at all. Or, yep. um, so it was a really humbling experience during that time and, and they stayed on the board for quite a few years right through till 2013. Oh, wow, okay. Um, five that, years ago. So they were really um, um, important in the growth and the, I suppose, the, the saving of the company that yep. time that, that dad and I could continue doing what we were doing together. So in, in this day and age now, just skipping forward, I mean, how do you keep that level of, where's the calmness coming from now? Is that in you now? Have you learned to keep, um, to keep a more even keel with, with, or do you, do you still get passionate? Do, do things still sort of, or is there, is there somebody that keeps, keeps you grounded? Yeah, there is. I, I think, but also too, it just comes with life Mature. and maturity <laughs> and, and, and learning very slowly in the hard way <laughs> and um uh, at I least think, you're learning that's the biggest thing man yeah think- you know it's it is and and that's i think yeah we never stop right yeah. and we've got to be really open to what our flaws are and what our shadow is and just being aware of that yeah. and being able to call it and being candid enough to say yeah i totally suck at this <laughs> i really need you guys to help me yeah, with this yeah. you know? so in control of the ego a little right. bit. right yeah. and and i think dad too over that time um he pulled away a little more. So we split off that locking, the lockdown part of the business. Yep. We split off and he actually ran that more on his own. Yep. As I, I remember the, that split when it happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, that's right. And and so he was more involved with that. And, and the space that he and I had on a daily basis, I think really helped strengthen our relationship. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, right through to, you know, if we fast forward 2007, by 2007, uh, Kevin Rudd promised every high school student 
yeah, in the country yeah. a laptop with the digital yeah. education revolution. And, and we, were, we were building a lot of product by that time. Craig had left. Dad uh, had really established our supply chain in China because a lot of the manufacturers in Perth just stopped making it for us because wow, there was okay. just so much business in the mining <laughs> yeah, sector yeah, that, yeah. that we were just we were forced to go and find a way yeah. to make product and, and do it affordably that schools yeah. could afford. So with a lot of trial and error, he was back and forth to China a lot, getting that established with contract manufacturing. And um, we then really had a good system going with some really sophisticated people coming into the business from a like business processes and yeah sort of, engineers yeah. designers and they brought all of their um uh, i suppose all their disciplines with them yeah you know and yep. we really grew everyone that would come in would actually complement the culture and the uh, efficiency of the organization so 2007 we had a really good supply chain we were selling a lot of the trolleys and uh, we gained a lot of international attention as we started rolling out a lot of these these products to to support the DER. By 2010, we could we were getting a lot of interest overseas, saying, "Can we sell your product?" And the US was the biggest part of that. And so we felt, yeah, there are competitors in the US, and we had competitors in Australia. They you asked before, do we have any? Not earlier on, but we have had many since, yep. and uh, some Australian-owned, some importers. But we've really been able to stay ahead of the game with yep. really being teacher-centric from the design, really thinking from an education perspective, which is, again, got yep. my dad's fingerprint yeah. all over yeah. that. And uh, we moved to, um, in 2010, uh, wanting to look at where can we take these outside of Australia now that we've got so much IP invested in this. Uh, we really do understand how it works inside a classroom and that's going to be universal no matter where you are in the world. And so the US, we saw it was a competitive space, but we really felt that we had something unique. So we worked with a group that helped identify, you know, what was a good strategy for us to, to do and how to enter that. That was working through the channel. So here in Australia, we weren't selling directly to schools anymore. We would go and visit schools, but we would sell through the channel. So resellers were selling the technology and they were selling our trolleys and they're bundling it together. So we supported them yep. selling our product and then we would support the schools yep. from a marketing and a customer support level. With schools, how with, with feedback from schools, obviously you, you require feedback from, from your products. How did right. you how did you build that into the into the processes? Was that something that was really important to you and oh yeah i mean our biggest selling trolley uh the the half lab which was a 14 unit i remember we had done we had got to mark 14 of that wow. 14 iterations of that product <laughs> from direct bef- feedback before yep. we end of life it and i would say 80 percent of those improvements came back came Brilliant. from if not more from feedback from schools hey it would be great if you could do this or you know what uh, someone when you push this over uh, the pavement, it's rattling a lot. And, you know, so we'll test it here on our surfaces, not yep. understanding truly the surfaces <laughs> of yeah. school, for yep. instance. Yep. Um, tipping and, and what's understanding what kids were doing. We were realising kids were racing these things down, uh, you know, hallways. Was well, that when you added the racing stripes on the right. side? <laughs> exactly. We just thought, you know, can't beat them, join them, right? Yeah, Let's yeah. just make it more fun for them. So uh, we, we got so much feedback with, you know, the, even just cables and the way that the cords were hanging out and managing the cables in the class. And it wasn't until we'd go there and we'd watch how they're using it. And in fact, dad would sometimes go and see a product being used and he's like, they're doing it all wrong. <laughs> you know, it's like, but, but because they intuitively, they look at it and they think they, we think that it's so intuitive how to use it, but they're doing it differently. 
And we go, well, maybe the design's not as intuitive as we thought. Maybe we have to be a bit more deliberate about that or clear. Or sometimes we'd see them doing it wrong, but they had actually solved a problem that we hadn't worked out (laughs) how to solve. We go, that's a bit cumbersome, this design. They go, well, they've got a workaround that is brilliant. You know, so (laughs) that would help shape. And to this day, does. Um, All of the trade shows that we go to and we've got schools and teachers there, they're giving us feedback all the time, going out and visiting sites where we have actually deployed uh, you know, thousands of these sometimes in the US, there's school districts with literally thousands oh, wow, of the okay. one product. Yep. We get so much feedback from going out and, and really seeing how they're using it, understand what works and what doesn't. And so we, we're constantly, constantly changing yep. and evolving. What's the biggest mistake you've made in the business so far? <laughs> or that you feel is the biggest mistake? Oh. Uh, that I'm, you wish at, that you could probably go back to that whatever time it was and go, okay, let's do this differently. Is there, is there something that, that comes to mind? I mean, there are so many things <laughs> that I look at and I go, man, Ooh. we screwed that up. Like, what yeah. were we thinking? Why did we go that way? But, you know, to see Is it one that we... used to wake up at night shivering with? Like, No, I don't okay. think there is. So you move, on, you move on quickly from these I things. I think so. Like, you know, I even think of some people that we've had that that haven't really gelled with what we're doing yep. or that that have not bought into what we're doing and and as difficult as that at the time was and i felt that they were really difficult people i look back and i go well just working with them has taught them me so much on how to deal with difficult people and yeah i think we i realized far more often than not the problem's actually not usually with them it's yeah. my response and <laughs> yeah. it's 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 really with me and it's the it's way back that to that wing back to that wings company man you were the one in charge everything was on your shoulders yeah? right and it, yeah, it's a really good perspective. <laughs> it was. It was. But I think there's some, there's a learning in all of these conflicts and all of these mistakes that we made. We've never, uh, you know, fortunately, there's never been something. And I get there are times where a company makes a mistake and go, yeah, we regret that. That was terrible. Yep. We should not have gone down that path. Yep. I think there are uh, decisions we made. In hindsight, of course, we could have made wiser decisions. Of course, And yeah. it yep. stifled our growth for a period yep. of time. And, yep. um uh, you know, avoiding dealing with conflicts that should have been dealt with yeah. earlier and these sort of things that you can look back on and go, gee, I wish I had done that yeah. differently. But you obviously never held on to anything like that or let it drag you down. No, you obviously I, I, no, took I it as a failure or whatever it was and learned from it and went, okay, next time we don't do that, boom, and right. move forward. Yeah. And, and, I, and I feel scared that I'm, I'm sounding as if... Um, Oh, it's all been it's all been rosy because there's no. nothing I can put my finger on. I think there's just been so many I can't, but they haven't. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They, like you say, they're not things you dwell on. They're things yeah, that you sometimes sooner, maybe sometimes later, you can look back and go, yeah, what was what was I learning at that stage? Yeah. You know, what what can I take from that that's actually going to make us stronger, yeah. or that I'm going to, what am I going to have to do a little differently to avoid that? And, and so it's it's difficult. Maybe you could have given me this question in advance, Michael. <laughs> I could have, I could have come up with some great examples for you of, yeah, of the yeah. many failures we've made. But but I think there's just been. Uh, it, I think a lot of it is relation. The one thing that really keeps me up at night is not money; it's relationships. Yep, so people, it's, it's, yeah. it's people. Yep. And so if I think of conflict that I, I might be having with someone, or that I know two people within the organisation yep. having and not able to look past something that's really hurting them or affecting the way that they live and they work. I think that's what really pulls me down. And so I think that's the thing that I invest the most amount of energy and also my own time in trying to work through and to, um, I suppose, get better at as an organization, encourage the team to be getting better at. So, yeah, there's nothing that I could really say. Yes, that's that's definitely it. But... um, 
yeah, there's 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 just been I think just a, a plethora of things that have been I think pretty good learning experiences yep. for me. On a personal level, what do you do daily, weekly, monthly, or what do you schedule in to help with? Because I mean, you're obviously in charge of a large company, international company, um, a lot of people to deal with. What do you do? Um, do you have any daily routines that help from a mindfulness point of view? Right. Um, that that gets you through. Yeah. Or keeps you going. Or yeah, and and as always, you have seasons where you're really disciplined at them, and, <laughs> of course, uh, yeah. and sometimes you're just terrible. And and notice how I'm very very self aware. Uh, firstly, uh, yeah, I think physically and emotionally and spiritually, I suppose the three facets of my life are really trying. Um, work on and know that with actively seeking and spending time on those three areas yeah because if, if one of these crumbles that's when things can yeah. go astray right and 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 uh, yeah i'm not always the nicest person to be <laughs> there's been many a time i've come home and my wife said you know what you should go for a run yeah and i know exactly what she means yeah. you know yeah. it's like uh so um yeah i think those three are really important for me so i think firstly uh, physically, I'm a very active person. Um, I, I think because of the amount of hours that uh, I am engaged with people mainly mm. um, very early in the morning because of the time zones that we have uh, with working with guys in the States during the day with the team here and at night in the again with the US or with the, the team in Europe. Um, I am really... I really try and make sure that, you know, a good three, four times a week that I'm I'm exercising. So uh, one of the disciplines that I do have that I try and stick to probably 80% of the time is... 80% is good. Every Wednesday (laughs) morning, I come into the office after lunch and I mountain bike every uh, Wednesday. I head up to Kalamana and just head into the hills. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, sometimes a friend of mine, Tim, will come with me and we'll go and do that together. And if he can't, I'll, I'll try and get out there myself. And oh, that's very cool. even Jody, my wonderful assistant, will ensure that I do it before I come back in. I think she probably notices I'm a little grumpy <laughs> unless I do it. Uh, so uh, she's very polite about that. Um, yeah, I ride a lot. So I've just taken up kite surfing. So coming into the oh, summer, wow, okay. I really enjoy yep. doing that in yep. the afternoon if the uh, sea breeze comes in. And um, when I travel, I try and run and ride as much as I can. I look for an opportunity to do that uh, wherever possible. And I think that uh, bit traveling so much to exercise yep. each day that I travel really helps with the jet lag. It helps with the clarity of mind. Um, that's a really big thing for me. So, Do you do any form of meditation or, or is the exercise kind of like your, your form? Of- it is, but also, no, I think from a spiritual perspective, um, I have a firm uh, faith in, in the Christian faith and yep. I, um, I really enjoy reading scripture. Okay. And I, I, I remember reading a, hearing a book from a, a, I was listening to an audio book a while ago on a guy just talking about um, slowing down. Yeah. And uh, which is re- weird for me because I, I even listened to the audio book on 1.25 speed because I wanted to get through it quickly. Uh, but, you know, one of the things he even recommended is is regardless of your your faith or your belief, just even you know going and reading some books that have actually lasted the, the test of time. Definitely. You know, yeah. and so reading reading the scriptures for me i think one resonate with my faith and my belief and my world views i find it very encouraging uh challenging inspiring all in one but i think that's probably one of the biggest things that my self-learning comes from is you know how do i reflect say the life of christ who's someone that just came to the world and just did an immense amount of good for people 
and and put himself before other people. He yep. he modelled this better than anyone in history <laughs> as 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 a leader that actually stooped below everyone else and said, yep. "Actually, I'm here to serve." And yep. and realizing the the freedom in that and the joy that brings and the um, depth of relationship I can have with other people by yeah, following that yeah. model. Yeah. So I really enjoy stopping, reading, praying. I feel I can really can connect with, with God if I just grab some time in the morning before the girls get up <laughs> and, just, and just have that quiet time to talk and, and reflect and just think and just be still. Yep. For me, it is like a coffee in the morning. Like it yep. is, there's something that really, I do feel energized. I notice the effects of it during the day. Wow. So it's something that I really enjoy doing. Yep. Uh, so that's very personal for me. And, uh, and I think just, uh, so that's the physical, that's the spiritual. Um, and I think just, just relational is I'm a very relational person. So yep, I get energized yep. from other people. Yep, yep. And so the more I'm around my family or my friends um, and, and the, I work with the best people in the world. So <laughs> even our work conversations and the conference calls I get on, I think they're energizing. That's and yep. uh, so I think they're the things I really try and make a, a central part of what I do on a daily basis. That's excellent. What about morning routine? I mean, when you get up, so you mm-hmm. every morning do you pray? I mean, do, uh, do you have a, a set? Do you get out of bed and you do like you, know, you have your coffee or you pray first or? Yeah, you know, I'm 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 pretty over the place because sometimes like say, after uh, we four a.m. Yeah, calls, we had a six a.m. call this okay. morning yeah. and. Uh, um, last night was nine to eleven, and then oh, once wow, you okay. finish that eleven o'clock call, you're wired. So it's like I just can't go to <laughs> yeah, bed. You yeah, know, yeah. it's like I might go make a cup of tea after yeah. that, and then I'm like, I'll yeah. do a few more emails. And the guys in the in the states, it's like ten a.m. there, so I'm like, so they're pinging. <laughs> I can and I can talk to them, yeah, and yeah. It's, I'm not disturbing them at their their dinner yeah. time, which yeah, usually yeah. is in yes. my early morning. Yeah. So I make the most of it. So yes, yeah, sometimes I'm a bit groggy in the morning, and I won't do it. So I will try, kind of just set the alarm around six. Um, so you might at have five, least five hours threes. sleep some nights. Oh no, I can't do that. I'm a big sleeper. Oh, like, good. Yeah, okay. I think like if I can do less than seven for a couple nights in a row, and then feel it. But yep. then I know I need a good eight hour. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I do yeah. find it. It's just yep. you know, it's just um, it's just not always consistent. On the weekends, yep. I'll usually get that. Um, yep. So it works quite well. Um, so yeah, I'll get and then I'll just get up. I just go hit the couch and you know get my Bible out or I'll just put some music on yep. or I'll. Uh, but sometimes the girls get up and it just it all <laughs> falls to crap yeah, yeah. and uh, I end up just doing something else, you yeah. know. It's like uh, it's so it's I'm not I'm not super religious about it. Yeah. It's 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 like I, I get I try and get selfish about it because I know the value yes. it, it yeah. brings to me. I know what that does for my soul. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but I'm also not always really disciplined on yeah. that because I might find something else to be more important at that time. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I've got a question that I've asked quite a few people on the podcast. Mm-hmm. If you were starting a business tomorrow, like a new new idea, your dad's come up with a new product <laughs> and he wants you to sell it for him and yeah. you had $10,000, what would you do with the money? If I had $10,000 to go and start the business. Yep. So right. the, so the what's first the, thing what's in the, the business. The first thing I would do. Yep. Um, okay. I think I would use that money to if it was a physical and, and I'm going to talk physical because the company's evolved to physical products um, even though now we build software into our products yeah, and, okay. and uh, it's they, they're connected hardware products we're really into the IOT space now and we really have we're becoming an IOT company so one of the things that we're doing and you've heard this this term used a lot is fail fast yep 
is it just another new term? <laughs> Probably, but yeah. but actually it's a really good concept and especially through prototyping. So where yeah. I'm getting to is if this was a physical product idea that my dad designed and said, I would as quickly as possible invest money in a prototype yep. because you even just heard before the level of enthusiasm that I had when I could see, feel see and it, touch yep. the product. And yep. for 90% of humans, that's the case. So the best thing is get that idea into a reality as quickly and cheaply as possible and then start getting feedback. Yep. Rather than spending all of that money in refining design. <laughs> yeah. um, the other thing I would do is if I really wanted to... I am a big believer and a lot of people uh, have, have sometimes get the order wrong of priority of spend and that is so much money and time gets spent in refining and getting the design right rather than getting a concept and going and selling. So uh, I have a friend of mine who um, had a great idea for a business but just spent all his money and all his time getting it right. Yeah. And I reckon he would have been a lot better going and employing a salesperson with that money and yeah, going yeah. out and getting some deals, getting yeah. them on the line and then building yeah. the product for them knowing that he's got a deal in the pipeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I would say spend the first thousand bucks these days, you could get a rapid prototype done, yeah, you know, 3D there. printed, yeah, I whatever. Say, yeah. I could, I, you know, I, I could do a lot now with the contacts I have around <laughs> the world of what we could get produced really yeah. well and quickly and cheap. I would then spend the money on maybe some air tickets to, if it was a domestic product, over to Sydney, Melbourne, get in front of, get in front in front of, front people, of yeah. the stakeholders, the, 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 the right people who would yeah, yeah. Um, be interested in this product. And I would use everything I could to get a, a purchase order down the line <laughs> and maybe even a deposit to help fund oh, you go, yeah. going and, and, and getting that first order done. I like it. That's a great answer. Oh, I just <laughs> totally, uh, yeah, maybe if you gave me, an, again, another 10 minutes to think about it, I might have a totally yeah. different what answer. What about the 16-year-old James Simons who's starting his energy drink company, Wings? What, where would that 10 grand have gone? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I guarantee it would have been in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. I would have, yeah, I don't know what I would have spent that on. Yeah. And so what's coming up for you, James? We're going to finish off fairly soon. Cool. What's next? I know Tech Den is, is a new venture. Yeah. Do you yeah, want to give so, a quick overview of that? And then... Yeah, so we, you know, you know, we, where did we get to in our timeline was sort of 2010, 2012, we did, we, we started exporting in 2010 to the US. 2012, we moved to the US. I, I yep. said to my wife, look, I'm traveling to the US every six, seven weeks and I never get to see you guys. Let's go and set up an office. And I'm a true believer that if you want to go overseas and into a new market, the only way that you're going to be truly successful is get there, do it yourself, build a team around you, um, get in the trenches and just roll your sleeves up like the day you started the business here. Yep. It's, um, I think some people can do well by finding a distributor to distribute their product. I mean, we've done that and we still do do that, but it has to come from um, a high level of engagement involvement personally to get the buy-in from people. So... Yep. We were living there for, I, my wife, I promised uh, it would be one year, ended up being two, uh, but we had a beautiful daughter while we were living there. We came back 2014 once we had the office established, there's a great office there now. And so um, I say this because where we're going next is now that we have such a big team in the US, 70% of our business is wow, derived okay. from the US. Yep. Um, 10% from Europe, 2% from New Zealand and 18% from Australia. That's based on our 2018 financials. And that's growing, um, mainly outside of Australia. 
and uh, I, where we really are now is moving into this connected space. And yep. so we've been building hardware for many years, but over the last few years, we've been connecting that hardware and giving people far more um, bang for their buck than just a product that stores and charges your technology now you can remotely image the technology while it's inside the lockers you can see who's using the technology how long they're using it for when they're returning it time stamping it and it's all data the um, big data builds it's up, all it? big yeah. data yeah. and and uh we're now building out a really robust cloud platform where we are building a whole range of different products that um have this connected back end and so one of those as you just mentioned tech den We've just, for the first time in 20 years history, launched a consumer product and we've always been a B2B. We've moved into from education in the last few years. Now a big part of our business is in enterprise and now we've, we're a huge part is moving into, into the home. And yep. we really wanted to give parents the ability to manage the conflict that is arising in the home around screen time yep. and the developmental relational behavioral issues that are occurring as a result of kids yep. spending so much time on screens and so we believe the only way to solve that is holistically is not just the software application which there's some great software apps out there but to actually combine it with hardware and yep. it's the combination of that where kids are getting notifications through the software but physically going and putting it away yep. locking it away yep. parents are able to lock and unlock the doors as yep. they please and when it's out of sight it is out of mind the, yep. it, it just takes away that trigger that 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 does that is that desire that is triggered to to use it from a message that comes through yeah, or yeah, from yeah. a notification of an update on a game or yep. just even physically seeing an iPad. My daughter will ask for it. If she can't <laughs> see it, she won't ask for yeah, it. Yeah. So they're giving parents just tools to help this and it doesn't abdicate their parent their responsibility oh, as parents. Yeah, yeah. It's just helping them manage this and, and develop healthy screen habits yeah. for the for parents for the parents as well and, <laughs> and that's yeah maybe there's something in the pipeline there I so, think so, yeah. uh, so you know we're really now across all verticals that's using the, the ip that we've um we've established over the last 20 years yeah. and, and coming from the first lockdown i was gonna, I was gonna say from the that's an amazing connection between that initial work by your dad through to what you're doing now it's solving a problem for people it's right. seeing a problem diving into it solving it it's that's an amazing story james yeah yeah well thank you and it's been a really great journey it's 20 yep. years in uh in two days time the the company is all going to bali to celebrate our 20 year uh, <laughs> oh, anniversary so that is a 20 year anniversary it's that's a 20 amazing year anniversary yeah so that is cool. uh, it's really exciting and uh we're looking forward to kicking the kicking the heels up for a couple of days and just enjoying each other's company would be good <laughs> well excellent thank you very much for coming on the show and being vulnerable, you, it's, it's been it's been really good to have a chat because we we've known each other quite a long time. We have. It's been a great relationship, and I mean, I was talking today with some students, and I was talking about connections with with people that's built my business, and it's, yeah. it sounds like it's built your business Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. And I mean, that's the number one thing I said to these students today. I said, just connect with people like the person beside you, the person at the cafe, whoever it is, just make that connection because down the track, you never know the relationship, what's going to happen. So uh, look, I'll just give you one great example of yep. that. Uh, I was on a flight going to LA and we we're flying through Sydney first. And I just happened to be sitting next to a pilot a Qantas pilot. Not the pilot, I hope. Uh, no, no, actually. Yeah, yeah, I was what right are you doing the sitting there? Yeah. Getting feet kicked up, drinking a can of wings. Uh, <laughs> no, I was sitting next to a pilot because his flight got cancelled to 
Kununurra, wherever he had to go. So he had to get ferried back to Sydney. Oh, okay, yeah. Anyway, we're telling each other what we do. He told me he was a pilot. That was pretty basic. He asked me what I did, and I gave him that half an hour answer of what yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. And he said, hey, you know what? Um, oh, iPads, you manage iPads and charge and store iPads. My, my friend of mine is running the iPads on on plane program you really need to talk to him because he's got to work out how to get the ipads on and off the plane every day and have them charged and i'm like okay cool so he goes but do you think you could talk to him as soon as we get off the plane (laughs) like no i've got to make my connecting flight (laughs) to la like within an hour yeah and so uh but i gave him the details of the guys in sydney out of our sydney office within two days they had demo product that's ridiculous 12 months later we had built I want to say about 40 to 50 carts that were trolleys that we converted the galley food cart into a 64 <laughs> unit charge and sync cart where we would charge and synchronize data across 6,000 iPads every night for Qantas across all their airports across Australia. And that was a, that was their largest single deal in the history of our company wow. up until a couple of years ago. That was from... Sitting beside some just by sitting beside and actually and saying to them. hello. Yeah. You know, now this is why we should be taking our headphones off sometimes yeah. on the plane and actually having a conversation with the person next yeah. to us because we have no idea where that's going to go. And so yeah. that advice you gave the kids, yeah, phenomenal because yeah. we're becoming more and more disconnected through the connection and connectivity of technology. Yeah. That that's going to be on the decline, and I think people yeah. who will will win and people who will benefit the greatest of those that connect with everybody around them so best advice you can give <laughs> thank you uh, that, that's great no worries well thank you very much and um have a great time in bali yeah thanks looking forward to it <laughs> cheers mate bye-bye <laughs>